with that diagnosis and prescription for something so severe that you would have to inject it into yourself, I really at that point stopped all pharmaceuticals and got really kind of bitter in the role that they were playing for me in that wellness journey. And Pablo and I were working in the cannabis industry while this was going on. All right, on today's episode, we're gonna talk about being your own health advocate. And I just wanna preface this episode with saying that none of this is meant to be health advice. I really am just hoping to share my personal journey and hopefully somewhere in there, there's nuggets of hope that there might be a better way. To kick this story off, it starts in high school when I was diagnosed with mono. The kissing bug, most of us got it. Um, For me, that was really a pivotal moment now looking back on it, that I can trace to a pretty significant downward spiral of my health, both mental and physical. It wasn't noticeable at the time though, so it took me about eight years to figure out, okay, something is wrong, this isn't right. So I got chronic mono, I was in, gosh, what grade does high school start in? Ninth grade. I was in 10th grade at the time. I was very active in all of the sports you could be in, um, as well as uh, racing motocross professionally, so always on the road. Um, So getting sick really took me out of all the things I loved. And it only removed me from those things for about three weeks, but that was enough to be, you know, detrimental to an adolescent teen's um, journey through high school. And from there, I just kept getting sick and it never was mono again. It was just showing up in other ways. And because of maybe lack of resources or understanding of what was going on in my body, it started surfacing itself as mental health issues. So I went through all of the common ones that a high schooler would go through. ADD, ADHD, doesn't wanna listen to the teacher, can't sit still in her seat. All of these things are probably true to an element, um, but they were to a extreme element through high school, which really started polarizing me from my group of friends. And with these issues, you know, showing up as, you know, quote unquote, mental health issues, my parents were doing what the doctors were telling them to do because they only had access to so much information at the time. And they were watching me start to really struggle in the school setting. So of course, they were trying to just support me in the best way that they know how. And that was putting me on things like Adderall. And Adderall helped for a short amount of time, but then as I was on Adderall, other things started layering in. Oh, now she's depressed. We need to put her on mood stabilizers. Okay, so now I'm on Adderall. Now we're gonna layer on mood stabilizers. Again, I'm an adolescent teen. My hormones are all over the place. Um, It's just really, this is what's happening. Now we're on mood stabilizers and Adderall and the depression is still there. So we're gonna add on Xanax. And now I'm on all three of these pills, just trying to survive at this point, not knowing what's going on. All the meanwhile, I still physically don't feel right. So yes, everyone is trying to support me from a mental health standpoint, but physically something is going on. But I am trusting my parents and my healthcare providers that they're helping me. And I'm not really yet tuned in to my body yet. That comes later. 
as I'm in college and self-prescribing myself to a concoction of, you know, partying and tailgating, um, trying psychedelics recreationally, mood stabilizers, Adderall, and Xanax, as you can imagine, at some point this all like boils up and comes to a brim. Um, but there is this one consistent thing that I can speak to now reflecting back on it is that seasonally, I literally would not be able to get out of bed. Um, now looking back on it, we know it was happening, but at the time it was starting to set a trend that the healthcare providers that I was working with started to think that it was what we call bipolar disorder. Now, maybe I do have bipolar disorder to some degree. Maybe everyone does on some spectrum. But at the time, since I was using all of these pharmaceuticals and in college having a good time, they decided bipol bipolar disorder is what it was. I didn't really pay too much attention to it. I get out of college. Um, I get into a professional career that kind of perpetuated the partying scene which was in the wine and alcohol. I'm still self-prescribing myself these pharmaceuticals as needed, but at this time I also meet the love of my life, Pablo. And he comes in and starts noticing a trend in my physical and mental health. At this point, I had never lived with someone in my life. Of course, I've lived with my parents and my roommates in college. I mean, intimately lived with someone where they could really pick up on patterns in a way that I was dulled to or wasn't paying attention to. So we're out of high school, we're out of college, and I've met the love of my life, Pablo, and he is starting to pick up on these trends. Um, at this point in my career and my relationship with Pablo, I had just left um, a high, high pace uh, job in the liquor industry and was really starting to settle into the cannabis industry. And Pablo and I had gotten married and instead of using money from family and friends to have a big wedding, we had decided to uh, purchase a van and live out of a van and travel the country together. And it was at this point that everything came to a T for my health journey. So I had gotten to a space where I was in one of those phases or episodes again, where I physically couldn't get out of bed, which of course was presenting itself as severe depression, severe anxiety, because I was in this big life change. Um, and my parents were, we were living with my parents while we were building the van. And so again, all they knew was that this was a trend that Devin's been through and that the best thing to do was go see a psychiatrist or a therapist and get back on the routine of something like mood stabilizers, anxiety, um, medicine, and potentially ADHD medicine again. Now, Pablo comes from a different upbringing. These things in his country just don't even exist. Um, and so he starts being my health advocate for me when I couldn't be my own. And this is really profoundly when my wellness journey took a complete turn. Um, because I had someone that was not only my ally, and this doesn't mean that my parents weren't my ally, they just didn't know, they didn't have access to other information at the time. Um, and so Pablo starts, you know, taking me to these psychiatry appointments or therapist appointments. And I would go in and he would wait in the car because of where we were living, it was just always a long commute to something. So he would wait in the car. I would go in, I would come out and I'd come to the car bawling my eyes out and he'd be like, what happened? And I'm like, they think I'm like 
all the way on the spectrum of bipolar and they want me to start injecting myself with lithium because they think that that's the problem. So I think I just wanna take a moment and reflect that this is really just my story and that I know there's lots of people that might truly be struggling with bipolar disorder. And I think I do have bipolar disorder too. And so I come to the car, I tell Pablo, here's this piece of paper. Um, they've prescribed me to injectable lithium. Um, for anyone that's never been diagnosed with something like this, a there's something called like diagnosis paralysis. Uh, a diagnosis like this can truly be paralyzing to everything in your life. It becomes your identity quickly. I um, mean, it's very hard to move past it. And that is exactly what happened to me. With that diagnosis and prescription for something so severe that you would have to inject it into yourself, I really, at that point, stopped all pharmaceuticals and got really kind of bitter in the role that they were playing for me in that wellness journey. And Pablo and I were working in the cannabis industry while this was going on. So it was really synergistic of me to be able to lean into the plant at that time. And this is when cannabis really stopped being so much of a recreational plant for me and became very therapeutic in my healing journey and still is to this day in my wellness routine. Now, if it weren't for Pablo, I would, I would have stayed down this journey of thinking this guy, uh, most likely the same age that I was walking into the office, not that there's anything wrong with that, talked to me for 45 minutes and determined in those 45 minutes with absolutely no context to my health journey up until that point of walking into his office, just telling him the symptoms of what I was going through said, boom, this is what you got. Here's your prescription injectable lithium. Thank the world for Pablo in that moment because he was able to be my health advocate like I've touched on when I wasn't in a position to be my own. So he starts raising a lot of questions. We go home, again, we're living with my parents. So they're, my parents are, again, doing the best with what information they have. Yeah, this kind of tracks. Devin struggled with depression and anxiety and attention deficit disorders her whole life. So maybe that this is what it is and we should try the injectable lithium for Devin. Meanwhile, Pablo's sitting there, he's like, I don't know, this is, it's a little bit beyond just like, mood swings. I mean, I was physically unable um, to get out of bed most days when, it, again, this was a seasonality thing that we were seeing. So it was like just certain parts of the year, I would just fall into this deep kind of rut and it would show itself in both physical and mental, of course, they're both tied together. And so Pablo starts supporting me in researching a little bit more of what's going on. So luckily I had been working with an ND, which is a naturopath doctor. So she had a little bit of context to my health journey up until that point. And she, I had really sought her out when I was in this, um, you know, fast paced lifestyle of the liquor industry, flying all over, doing a lot of events. I was working with her a lot with nutritional IV therapy. And that is how I was trying to support my body. Um, you know, going through this rigmarole of traveling a lot, always getting sick from a flight. So she had a lot of context to my health. I had reached back out to her, actually Pablo reached out to her and said, you know, something's going on with Devin, something's not right. She was just prescribed this thing. I don't think it's the solution. 
I know Devin and something truly is wrong here. And it's a little bit beyond just a mental health hurdle. Um, and so Jade met with Pablo and I, and we started mapping my symptoms all the way back as far as I could remember. And we quite literally did it on a whiteboard with each other or on a document. And we started seeing a trend that there truly was a seasonality to what I was experiencing both mentally and physically. And so after we mapped out my health journey, we decided to start doing a lot of testing, um, see what all of my baseline blood analytics were telling us. And so we started testing what all my levels were at, and I'm talking all things, just basic vitamins, minerals, hormones, thyroid, anything we could think of. Let's just start testing it and seeing where my body is at. And as we started doing some of that testing, we started uncovering some things that were significantly off balance. Now, all the meanwhile, to give you know back context here, I had fulfilled the prescription for injectable lithium, but I had not taken any. Um, and Pablo really stepped up to bat and blocked everyone that was suggesting to try that. No, we're not doing that. Devin and I are doing our own thing. We're testing, we're working with this doctor. We're gonna dive deep and make sure there's nothing else going on behind the scenes because again, Pablo was seeing that more physical um, part of what I was going through. Um, some of that physical stuff is the entire left side of my body would go numb. I couldn't feel it, I couldn't get out of bed, I couldn't walk. Um, but again, it was presenting as a mental health issue. So it was just really confusing to try to figure out what it was. We start getting some of this testing back and we realize I have what is called chronic mono or better known now as Epstein-Barr virus or EBV um, in short. And come to find out 70% of the human population has Epstein-Barr virus and it goes massively undiagnosed. Good thing to know, but luckily I, was able to map out my health journey and find that I have this Epstein-Barr virus. And at the time, it was prominent. So as we were mapping out my health journey, what we were seeing in those seasonal trends is usually around the springtime, my Epstein-Barr virus would be dormant in my body. It started to come up. And this is when I would see these, you know, flare-ups of mental health issues and physical issues. And it had started all the way back in high school. And so I had gone through my early adult life just not knowing that that was what was going on. So I was throwing every pharmaceutical I could at it. Now, of course, things like Adderall, um, you know, Xanax and antidepressants, they don't do anything to Epstein-Barr virus, but they give you this temporary kind of relief of maybe some of those mental symptoms that come along with it. Um, so it was at that time learning that it was Epstein-Barr virus where I really learned the importance of like, wow, these doctors I've been working with, you know, in the normal healthcare system, again, just doing the best with what they have and um, promoting what they've learned they're in their career, they've failed me completely. You know, I have gone through some really miserable times over the last eight to 10 years that could have been solved by doing some very simple blood tests. At that time, we also discovered, you know, low iron, low B12, low vitamin D, low vitamin C, just depleted in all the things that help you show up and be the best version of yourself. Okay, so now we have some information that we can actually work with, but 
to just tie it all in, it's that health advocate piece. It's really standing up to any of these healthcare providers and asking for more information. For example, okay, thank you for that diagnosis. Um, can we look a little further into it? Or what does that mean? Or what typically causes that? And it, you know, something common I heard and still hear throughout my health journey is like, oh, it's just hereditary. Like, oh, your heart does that because it's hereditary. Okay, I know hereditary and genetics play a role in it, but what am I doing in my life that's either triggering it or causing it to be a problem for me on these days, but not these days? And this is really when health and wellness just kind of took over for me. And I really dove deep and started taking it really serious. Again, with the support of those around me, I think that's really important to note that the people that are closest to you um, being able to support you in that journey. So I never took the injectable lithium. I'm sure I'm, um, you know, have a degree of bipolar disorder, which means you feel really extreme emotions and then really low lows. I also think that that's part of being human. Um, and so accepting that and accepting that a diagnosis does not mean it's who you are and how you show up every day. Now, how did we get rid of Epstein-Barr virus in my body since it was wreaking havoc and causing all these issues? Um, with the help of multiple doctors, I went on a really extreme protocol of using Chinese herbs um, in a short amount of time. So it was a three month sprint and I was taking honestly like a ludicrous amount of Chinese herbs throughout the day. It was kind of all I could focus on for those three months of my life was like, how do I ingest all these Chinese herbs and go on this really strict diet and do the acupuncture and you know, tune into my body and tell it that it deserves to be better. And then getting on the other side of that, we got rid of the Epstein-Barr virus. I no longer test positive for it. It's a really hard thing to do, but it is possible. Um, and so now we don't have these seasonality swings anymore. And so it was really this, it's like having the chronic mono in high school, struggling unknowingly with the Epstein-Barr virus, having someone enter my life, my husband that was able to pick up on patterns and then becoming my own health advocate. I do not walk into any doctor's office now for anything without a list of questions. Um, and I really challenge them when they, when they give me an answer or a solution because I just wanna feel really confident um, with whatever I'm working on with a healthcare provider that this is the best solution for my unique needs um, and what's best for you know everyone might not be best for me. And the biggest component in that that I could stress to anyone is testing, is like testing to see where you're at and not just taking um, someone's word for it. So that's my journey and it involves a lot of mental health and a lot of you know, wellness that I am happy to get vulnerable with in hopes that someone could learn that there might be a better way and it's okay for you to ask questions and challenge it like want more for yourself and you have to show up for yourself these doctors are not there for you they're just there to provide a service it really is up to you to take it by the reins and say no i want to be healthy i want this um, and i'm going to figure it out on my own and i'll pull people in to support me as needed mm -hmm.